place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics now Hello there everybody, this is Chris Latore, and you are listening to a Sunspots Comics podcast exclusive where I sit down and interview a comic book writer and creator, Zach Kaplan. And Zach Kaplan created a comic book called Eclipse, which is uh, published by Image and Top Cow Comics. And actually issue number two of the comic comes out next week, Wednesday, October 5th for New Comic Book Day, so check that out. And I will be actually reviewing the comic book in more detail on issue number 74, podcast number issue number 74 coming out very soon, where it did actually make the top comic book picks of the week, so it is in there. But this is totally fun, this uh, this picks right up into where our conversation kind of cut off at the beginning, where he was talking a little bit about, uh, he's from the Midwest and he spent a good portion of his uh, life in Florida and then moved to L.A. after that. So we kind of I kind of get the, the middle cut, cut off there a little bit, but I rolled with it anyway. And then somewhere in the middle there, we had a little audio blurb. So sorry about that. It's just there. He had to adjust something. I just left it in. Just rolled with it. It just sounds natural and feels right. But I hope you enjoy it. It's uh, He also gave us an exclusive scoop about the future of Eclipse. So definitely hang in there and listen to the whole thing. It's very interesting, and we both just nerd out and have a good time. Thanks again, Zach, for doing that. I really, really appreciate it. So here you go enjoy the interview me and zach kaplan yeah it wasn't it wasn't as uh diverse as los angeles let's just say that you know yeah absolutely the little time i've spent there you're right it's uh it's uh it, it's it progresses in a slower pace <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah for sure for sure there's still much of the ode to old i know what you mean yeah yeah definitely how did you end up i saw like on your wikipedia that you ended up actually like teaching at the International Academy of Film in the Philippines. Now I'm half yeah. I'm half Filipino and uh, oh you are I am yes my my father's side. So I'm interested. In this. How did that come about? How what led I, you to I, that? Yeah, there's a company out there that um, makes movies for the international uh, market, and they had a film school attached. And I uh, I went to USC film school to study screenwriting, film and TV, and so. I, I loved it, and I had an interest in teaching, and a friend of mine from USC was out there working as a story editor, and she said, first off, it's beautiful. The Philippines is probably, and she was absolutely right, one of the most beautiful places in the world. I mean, there's over 7,000 islands or something. There's just pristine white beaches. It's, it's an amazing place. And uh, have you ever been? You know, I haven't, and, and I, every time I try to, there's always a mudslide or some sort of yeah, cataclysmic yeah. event going on down there. It's like it's they, yeah, they don't. The natural, uh, they have a, a problem with natural disasters, but yeah. it's a gorgeous place. The food's great. The people are super friendly, and they speak English. It's the fourth largest country, uh, most English-speaking country in the world. It's, so there's the U.S., there's Great Britain. Uh, there's Australia and then the Philippines. So it's very easy to get around for, for uh, an American. But I went there to teach. There was a film wow. school there. It was completely international. I had students from Africa, from Russia, from Germany, from, from England, from Brazil, all over. And uh, I was teaching them how to write and how to tell stories. And it, I was there for a year. And uh, while I was teaching, I traveled Southeast Asia and it was awesome. Wow. Did you have to even speak Tagalog? Did you study Tagalog at all before? I learned a little Cebuano or, or Visayan because mm, um, I was in Cebu, not Manila. So um, um, Manila is the capital. That's like the New York City of the Philippines. And Cebu is like maybe the L.A. and it's more laid back and it's spread out. And uh, it was a uh, it was a really cool. Yeah. But so I learned a little Cebuano, which I've almost forgotten because this was mm. also years ago but uh i learned enough to get around and it was great because i was uh i was tall for the first time in my life i'd never been tall before <laughs> right that <was> pretty awesome <laughs> did you uh there was um my aunt is actually a pretty famous filipino she's uh known as like mrs philippines her name is sylvia latori you should look her up really she's a, yeah she's a, an opera singer and wow just sort of nationally loved and known as mrs Philippines. Cool, Mrs. Philippines. Well, they yeah. love their singing. They're, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there's a karaoke bar set up literally every block. Filipinos love their singing, which is great. Mm -hmm. I thought it's 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 awesome. 
Yeah, something. come from a singing background. My dad was uh, like a uh, Las Vegas lounge band for. Was he really? Yeah, wow! And traveled with the USO oh. and uh, you know met all the Rat Packers back in the day, and that Did was he really yeah. You got then you got it in your blood. Yeah, oh, yeah. wow. Oh yeah, and then on both sides. My mother's a singer yeah. as well, and she's from Hawaii, so like I got it from both ends. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, they uh, yeah. It's a very I I even find that like the the accent of the Filipino is very musical. Like it's one of the most musical just ways of talking. It's mm -hmm. really it's really cool. So uh, well, that's so cool. yeah yeah the Philippines is an awesome place, and it was very interesting living in. I mean, it is by all accounts a third world country, and so even though there's a lot of um, pockets of modernization and westernization and and there are areas that have completely um come up there are other areas where it's it's not and so that that was um there is nothing like living in it you know um and, and i was living in it even though i lived on a compound essentially where the school was and stuff i would go out and go to the grocery store and, and i would walk by um huts with the um tin roofs and um you know um um, chickens and goats in the street and uh, no running water. I mean, um, it, I mean, I, we had running water, but the community didn't. It was a uh, um, very Humb interesting, very interesting, humbling, humbling experience, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm gonna get there one of these times when there's, uh, you know, not some natural disaster going on. You or should. Something. I'll tell you right now. All, <laughs> all you gotta do is save up for the airfare because once you get there, uh, it's all it's all very affordable. The food's fantastic. It's beautiful. Uh, I mean, you literally turn left or right, you hit a gorgeous beach. It's uh, it's a great place to go visit for sure. I'll get there. Definitely get there one of these yeah. times. <laughs> so, how did your 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 southeastern your Asian travels, your your education, and everything you kind of done lead you to comics? Like, how did that sort of happen? I don't know that that had any. I don't know that any of that led, to be honest with you. I mean, I I grew up reading comics. I was a huge nerd. I grew up playing video games, reading comic books, you know, gorging myself on movies and TV. And uh, I didn't do much of anything else. I didn't play sports. I was just a big nerd, and uh, <laughs> I always wanted to tell stories. And and it was right around the time I got into film school that I started just. I kind of had read like superhero stuff growing up, but then I started to find other comic books, you know, Warren Ellis stuff and other stories and kind of realizing what a comic book could be and kind of going, oh, wow, this mm -hmm. is such a, a a wider medium and kind of said, well, heck, I want to do this too. And um, so, but I don't know that any of my experiences traveling or living abroad, um, I'm sure that somebody clever might, read some of my stuff one day and, and see the parallels, but it's lost on me currently. <laughs> well, that was the right answer. Cause it's just, uh, it was in your blood from, from a very young age, yeah. like, like most, yeah. of, like me and most of us veterans in the comic world, if you will. Yeah. So that's cool. What were some of your favorites? Like, I mean, you said Warren Ellis, but, uh, maybe when you're even younger, what, what grabbed you when you were a kid? Um, I remember Spawn grabbing me. Yeah. I was really into Spawn. Um, that was a big deal. That yeah, was a big deal. it was. It was funny, and it was edgy, kinda, dark. You know. Yeah, just... I wasn't really a dark kid, but it, but it, it was dark, and I kind of liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like messed up, and I felt kind of guilty reading it because I think when I first found it, I think I was. I don't remember. I think I was young, and I was like, "Wow, this is dark and cool." And uh, I don't know. It was different. I loved uh, stuff like X Men. I loved X Men. I loved Wolverine. I loved. Uh, I thought that was layered in a different way than maybe like uh, Spider Man or Superman was for me. Um, I remember what. I don't remember finding layers to Batman back then, but I might have missed missed that stuff. I, I don't know that it maybe maybe I didn't get into Batman so much, but I remember reading a lot of X-Men and, and yeah. And then I, and then I, I, I stepped away from it in college. I stepped away from all nerd things in college because <laughs> I was trying not to be a nerd in college. And then I to deny, to deny thyself, huh? to deny huh? thyself. <laughs> 
to, to... I, I, yeah I, it was actually it was actually a video game that really broke it for me i remember playing a video playing an online mmo and i was like training my character and i was like wait a minute i could be in the gym myself which would, might help me get girls or something or i could be training my character there's something wrong with my life right now or like <laughs> going to see a movie by myself late at night versus going to hang out with people. So I, I, I kind of tried to get away from stuff. And then after I graduated, I kind of was like, wait a minute, I love this stuff. So I found it all again. So, yeah. I think, I think we all go through that phase maybe a little while. When you're, when you're into comics, right, you kind of go, is this really where I want to be and go? Yeah. And maybe I should get away. And then some of us realize, no, that's who I am at my very core, and you go right yeah. back to it. <laughs> it's very, I think it's a very normal thing, and it's totally. I'm glad I, yeah, it lasted me like four or five years, and then I, I uh, and then I got out of it, and then yeah, and then I, and then you come back to them. I think most people probably come back to them with with a new appreciation, and that's even better to yeah. kind of come back and, and find it again. So yeah, and comics is always changing. So sometimes you take those little gaps, right, and you come back and. And you're refreshed as to seeing like, wow, it's progressing in this area and they're taking some different risks and thinking outside the box. And then you start seeing the indie, indie publishers start to rise and, and these yeah. unique I mean, adults. And I remember stories. when I first came back into it, I mean, there was stuff like Creature and Why the Last Man mm, and stuff yeah. like that. And you, and you looked at that stuff and those were awesome, but they were also exceptional. I felt like they were exceptions to the rule back then in some way. It and now it's a whole third market. Now there's like DC and Marvel, and then there's the HBO, AMC, Netflix world of comics where there literally are, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of ideas that are completely unique, completely different, huge followings, and it's just awesome. It's so exciting. So I, I think I I think even back then when I was like Ooh, what is Queen and Country? A, a cool spy thing with the, the but it felt like, oh, but this is an exception to what a comic is, as opposed to what a comic is. And now it's just what a comic is. Yeah. So I think that, I think that as much as com indie comics saw their rise, maybe, you know, around two thousand three, two thousand five. Now, it's not only have they risen, now they are. They are. It's just a fact. Yeah. It's an, a, yeah. So it's awesome. Yeah, I I believe it's like it's the golden age of creativity, especially for the indie comic book creator. I mean, yeah, I'm doing one myself, and it, it's just so rewarding in so many ways. But I remember back in the in the you know late '80s, early '90s, thinking, you know, I wish there were stories like this. I wish there was something different. I wish there was, you know, I mean, even leading to something like Eclipse, you know, which yeah. which I feel is like deeply rooted in a lot of actual science, and that's why it's in a way. A little extra frightening because you believe like this is something i mean even if you read upon what the sun what most scientists believe the sun will do uh over time that you know this is uh it's it's frightening right <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah it's uh i think that was um i mean there's a level of you, you have to take a leap with me in some regard and i've had a couple like science nuts come up to me and be like can you explain the exact science of, of this and i'm like, like no there's there's a degree <laughs> here but but it is playing with scientific concepts that we face on a daily basis which is our environment is changing on us our relationship with the sun is changing with uh, on us our relationship with the atmosphere is changing on us uh going outside becomes more and more increasingly dangerous because of the rays of the sun. And that's a very primal thing. I think human beings for thousands of years have had a relationship with the sun that was positive because the sun was always this life-giving force. And over the past 50 years, that relationship has been slowly changing to one where, yes, the sun is there to grow our crops, and provide nourishment for us, but it's also there to potentially hurt us. And um, I don't think that a hundred years ago, people were like worried about sunburns and skin cancer in the way that we are now. I saw a study that said that in the next 20 years, our productivity is gonna be diminished, that people won't be able to work a full day out in the sun. It'll be too, you'll, uh, you know, if you're working out in a field or a construction site, you will work 90% of your day, not 100% of your day, because you, you have to get in. So it, it's just a, it's a fascinating thing. I like, I like taking science, uh, some sort of scientific idea, and then just taking that next step. 
you know, that's to me the, the coolest part. You definitely did that with Eclipse. Like, thanks. Uh, yeah, it, it, um, I like that bit of, you know, because if it's not a science journal, I mean, come on, this is comics, and yet, uh, you, you add, whereas what's happening in your flare effect, or as I call the sunspots effect, I'm sorry, I'm yeah, right, sunspots, <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, it's, it's very believable, very possible, very, you know, and, and even the scientific realm, just a lot of us have read articles upon that. So I think it adds that little bit of like, what you're re- what you're reading here is like potentially a, a you know a future that could very well happen. Yeah, I mean, um, or at the very least, we should genuinely be concerned about the possibility that our environment or, or the sun or the atmosphere will fail us to the point where we we cannot go out. Um, this takes it a step further. I mean, um, but yeah, like I said, it's a it's a, it's scary because it's primal and, and it, even it. it, it, it yeah. For Eclipse too, it has this little bit of feel to me, like a, like it's uh, like we're all zombies now, you know, like the, in the world, or not zombies, they're all uh, you know we're all vampires. Vampires, yeah. Right. It's like this yeah. has that little that little effect, and I love that. Um, so I, I, I like to, you know, something I've always liked to do from the very um, ever since I started telling stories is play with genre, and so I like to like is Eclipse horror? Uh, well, it's scary. There's a monster that the sun will kill you. It's horrific. It's got this uh, underlayer of vampire element. Like you say, like we're now the vampires in some way, mm-hmm. some layer of all that. Yeah. But it's then it's not horror. It's not really horror. It's not horror like so many other things are horror. So it's I like playing. I like dancing on the line of the genre as opposed to like just going full force. Yeah, no, Eclipse fully pulls that off with this sort of like this this action based as well where there's a you know there's this there's Max your main character that has got his fingers in, in the cookie jar of a lot of different things and you know he's he's uh, reluctant in some ways but we're learning a little bit more about him I like that that Thanks. you know and, and at first you, he's sort of that character where you're like okay can I can I gravitate to him do I do I back him up and is he someone that you know you can follow you you hope for you wish for maybe not at first but then as we're seeing him kind of being you know unlayering of his character you're going like, okay, you're seeing where he's coming from, where his motivation is. I mean, the scene where he's with Rose is kind of, is a great, where he, he finally sort of meets her. Yeah. And then you see him and, and actually, like, have some sympathy and some compassion for her. She's sort of, she's sort of spazzing out and a little freaking out. And he's just kind of like, that line where he says, like, hey, this is the world. So let's, now let's move on. You know? It's oh, like, yeah. In issue two, you're talking about. In issue two. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I don't want to, I'm yeah. not going to spoil no, it because. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's great in issue two is, you know, she comes in, uh, she, she, her name is Rose, she goes by Cielo, Cielo. and she comes in at the end of issue one, um, but now we have them together in issue two, and we get to see how this dynamic between these two characters is going to unfold, and I mean, they are the heart of the story, this, this, um, him and her, and so, uh, uh, yeah, he's got a, he's got a very different worldview than her, and what's interesting is he's he's not really ready to just be be there for her. I mean, this is a guy that when we meet him in issue one is a very closed off dude. So uh, you know, um, it's not going to just be that he suddenly turns it all on and is is uh, is there for her. So it's it's interesting to see. It'll be interesting to 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 play with that evolution of their relationship. Yeah, I like that in in Cielo Rose's character. You sort of uh, blew my expectation because I I think that maybe a lot of us readers were thinking she might be sort of a single note kind of character. She's maybe a little party girl, and there's just going to be that that back and forth where he you know Max is continually trying to keep her in check. But you realize there's more complexity to her character, and there's a little more there, and she has some compassion for a person she loses, which I won't say. Uh, in the comic, and you're like, okay, no, Cielo is a more complex character. We're gonna, she's definitely. Oh yeah, she's. In fact, I think, I think. Well, I mean, Vax is complex too, but I think that you'll find Cielo's complex. I mean, uh, she's the daughter of this guy Nick Brandt, who's in a lot of ways uh, one of the guys who's running the city with these companies that are run, you know, in charge, Solarity, and uh, that's her father, and. Uh, there's a lot of layers to that you know this is a guy that we're not sure we can trust and you know there's some mysteries in the, in, in going on in the backstory here and uh you can sense it and 
you know, that, that, that clearly has to affect her in some ways. And so, uh, we'll see that. Uh, I, I don't, Good. I like to, I like to find those elements and then try to come back to them as much as possible. I don't want to keep creating new elements. I want to go, okay, this is, this is the element for this character. You know, how is her relationship with her father going to continue to, 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 to create conflict and be there for her? So, yeah. I, uh, I have to ask you this, like, in, in the comic book I'm writing, Zombie Destroyers, I continually write myself into it, you know, like with Easter eggs, with simple things that I would have to actually explain to someone. How much in Eclipse, how much of you is in there? Either by just, by it's just straight up very openly you, or kind of hidden little Easter eggs that people might not know. And can you share maybe a nugget or two? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, there's a couple... There might be a couple Easter eggs. I don't do so many. Um, right. And I'm not sure that in the first two issues there's any Easter eggs per se. But I think um, I think that it kind of reflects a, 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 a personal war I have with society. And I oftentimes find myself torn between being optimistic and hopeful and um and not <laughs> and so i i think and i and, and and connected or disconnected and i think that that the I'm, i've been noticing especially after taking a look at eclipse that that is a theme that i've often explored in my writing is that is society is is what it is because there are people out there who are out for themselves who are self-serving who are um um, just trying to get ahead and they're di those people are perhaps disconnected and it makes you want to be disconnected but then ultimately human nature there's something about it that makes you want to connect and want to be the bigger person I oftentimes want to be optimistic I want to be hopeful I want to see the best in people and so I think just those themes and those those kind of those pieces end up in and that's obviously you can see that in Eclipse I don't know in terms of like, I thought like Bax has has four dogs. I have a dog. I thought about having Giovanni draw in my dog, but uh, my dog would never survive in this world. So I, <laughs> I didn't bother uh, putting in that Easter egg. So I don't know. Maybe as it goes on, I'll, I'll put in more like things like that. But uh, I'm not sure I've done that too much. Or even a, maybe a, one of your primary characters that's, that's really just, it's really just Zach. With the name change, <laughs> did you write like? I'll tell you no. I mean, uh, I, I remember when I was starting. I, I, I've done that before in other in other stories, but I'm not Bax. There's no <laughs> way I'm Bax. I mean, he's way too tough. He'd kick kick my uh, kick my butt, and uh, uh, I'm not CLO. She uh, she's uh, living a whole different life than I would. Uh, I'm I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. I don't know who I am in in, in that story. I just. You know, I, I, I don't know. I'll let you know when I find my, when I say that's, that's me, but uh, I haven't really, I guess I'm not, it's an interesting thing as a writer. I'm none of them and I'm all of them, you know, yeah. obviously you can't write a character unless you can put yourself in their mind and capture their voice. So in, in one way, I'm all of these characters. And obviously as I go, people are going to say, well, that's a Zach Kaplan character. Or that's a, that's, that's how Zach Kaplan does a, a character, does a conversation. And that will be my own thing but i don't i don't know what it is i couldn't tell you what you know nice. um so well, yeah. it, it, it feels like then you're just your your dna is overall infused but uh maybe you'll see who knows as time goes along you're like you know. yeah I, I think that's for the <laughs> uh the reviewers and the uh and the, the those people who study stories i don't even know that after you know you look at a guy like warren ellis after a career like he's had i don't know that uh, he would be able to express it. I'd, I would be curious. Or I don't even know if Stan Lee would be able to express it. I mean, I think that these guys are just, they tell their stories, they do what they do. That's what, you know, that's what you try to do. It's hard to conceive of, uh, of uh, and I don't think a writer should try to think of their, their, their style or their voice. Uh, a writer should have a style and the writer should have a voice, but you don't know it. That's like, that's, we all have a style of clothing. We all take different clothing, but you're not supposed to 
express it or say it, you just do it. You can just go to the store and you see shirts you like and you pick the shirt you like and someone might say, oh, you've got a preppy style or you've got a, an urban style or whatever style you got and you go, oh, I guess right. I do. I don't know. I just, I like the shirt. I like these shoes. I didn't try to do it. So True. I think for a writer, you have it, but you don't think too much about it. Yeah. Interesting. Like how did, how did, speaking of conceiving and, and where did the inspiration come for Eclipse? Like were you sitting down one yeah. day and it just hit you or was it no, something? No, I was a, I was a poker dealer for a year. And uh, here in Los Angeles, there was a, there's a racetrack called Hollywood Park Casino, and they have a, a poker room there. So I, I dealt poker graveyard shift. I, I was there till, till dawn. I would come back home at sunrise. I'd be driving. The streets would be empty. No one was around. Uh, but the sun's out. And that was the that was the kernel that got planted in my mind of every night there or every is. dawn driving as the sun's coming up and everyone's hiding everyone's inside and why is everyone inside this is an interesting world that i am alone in i'm completely disconnected from anybody being out here on the road in the neighborhood where the sun's out and no one's no one's around and that was that was the beginning of it all and i also think you know it was it it also had to do with the fact that when you're working a graveyard shift you are disconnected from society in a lot of ways because yes. society takes place during the day and I was living my life at night. And so then when you have all these friends and all these people who are living a reverse life than you, it's very easy to not feel connected to them. And so I think infused in the idea was also the fact that I was moving around the streets, um, you know, disconnected from everybody boom there it is there's there's yeah. max i mean there's max in the in, in episode in issue one he's like there's a scene where he's showering uh, with his team but he's sort of just yeah. isolated off to the side i mean there's there's maybe some of zach right there yeah maybe you know you I were mean, feeling uh, that the you, past ship of it all yeah for sure because i feel yeah. i felt and, like you know there's this camaraderie this this you know macho dude camaraderie in that room and yet Max is just kind of, you know, off to the side, he's kind of showering, kind of alone. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's some sure. of that poker graveyard you know, thing going on right there? Yeah, of the feeling <laughs> disconnected, yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. I mean, I think that's um, that's in there. Uh, I need to go uh, find a poker uh, charger for my phone here. <laughs> uh, hold on one second. No problem. It'll all be edited out or whatever. Or oh, leave good. It. Or leave it. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> or I'll throw another question at you on my random list here. So, uh... <laughs> all right, hold on. Here we go. Oh, okay, cool. Plug it in. <laughs> took you with took you with me there, huh? Nice. I need to. Uh... All right, you're. This is now. We're off the. We're off for a second. You can edit that out. Sorry nice. about that. No problem. <laughs> um, all right, here good. we're coming over here now. All right. Sweet. Widescreen now. We are widescreen. All right. Huh? <laughs> now we are widescreen. <laughs> yeah, now we're widescreen. Yeah, that's, that's the way it's going to be. Nice. Uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, so another yeah, thing so. that's floating around in my brain is uh, is your this is your debut comic, right? You've, you've This is your first published writing of a comic so yes. far? Eclipse? So tell me a little yeah. bit about that break. How'd you get to Image? How did that happen? Uh, and, there, and it's going to lead me to another part about the art contest, but how did the, the break into Image and how did it happen? Um, I mean, I, ever since I wanted to write comics, I've been putting pitches together and putting them out there. And I submitted it to Top Cow and uh, Matt Hawkins took a look at it and uh, he liked it. Uh, he's awesome. a science guy, and he decided to give me a shot. And I don't know if I just got lucky or if it was the idea. or I have no clue, to be honest. And I don't even like to think about it too much. I yeah. just like to accept that it happened. And um, Yeah, you're being, you're being modest. Yeah. You've, you've got a good team together. I mean, it's the synergy of, of your writing, the coloring. I mean, Giovanni's art. Uh, your your pacing your your premise. I mean, it's you're being, thank you. You're being but modest. I will say that's all stuff that is unrelated to the break. 
And I mean, the break happened and then I got an amazing artist. Then I got an amazing colorist. Then we all collaborated. I'm very proud of what we've done. Uh, I got a break and I put my heart and soul into it. And, uh, you know, we've tried to make Eclipse as good as we can make it. And uh, we're also learning. I mean, like I'm sitting down to, to work on five and I cannot wait to get it to continue, keep going because, uh, you know, it, it's already, I mean, this is my first book. So I'm, al I'm already, as much as I've studied storytelling and, and been reading comics all my life, I'm already learning just from this experience. Giovanni and I are learning how to work together. So, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to upping the ante. But in terms of how the break got, you know, I, I, I think that there's, there's a little luck in everything. Matt went for the idea. I think, you know, I wonder if a, a year later, a year before, if they would have been interested. I mean, there's all sorts of factors of what, what's in production, what's in, on the slate. I, I've learned it's a lot more complicated than just having a good idea and submitting it, you know? So... Um, so yeah, but it, yeah, That's awesome. I, and, that, and so it's also a top cow book, you know, compared it's a top cow book, but I think, you know, Matt, Matt took a chance on it and, uh, and there, and I was able to write it, um, with kind of the image feel, you know, cause I'm looking at science fiction books coming out of image like Descender and lots of Rick Remender stuff and kind of saying, this is the feel I want for the book. And so, um, you know, Top Cow supported that. So, yeah. It's nice to have other avenues. I mean, it, it seems so many are picking up on that from Vertigo to, you know, to IDW and boom, to see there's, you know, other publishers that are kind of embracing, you know, those independent comic book creator styles and just, just loving the mix of genre as you're doing with this. Like that's... Yeah, thank you. It's, it's the golden age. Like I said, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> so like what's... Uh, tell me a little bit about your team. Talk a little bit about... So it was ultimately a writing pitch at first, and then the team gathered. So, so did you have yeah. the say of picking these individuals, or was it kind of like, hey? Well, Top Cow, Top Cow always has their eye on various artists. If you're an artist, you should definitely reach out and, and put your portfolio in their hands. I think of all the, well, I don't know about all of them, but Top Cow is a, is a place that is very open to new talent. And they don't, I mean, they've done their talent hunt for years. They're willing to look at portfolios. They're willing to listen to pitches. Um, you know, I think it's it's hard to maybe get onto something or get something through, but they aren't afraid to take a look. And Giovanni had been writing um, for The Shadow, for Justice Inc., for Doc Savage. I think he did a G.I. Joe thing. So he'd been doing franchise and, and other stuff for years. His portfolio was in their hands. They gave me a list of, uh, you know, 10 or so artists and his stuff just stood out to me and so much so that uh, when I said this is the guy I want and they went back to him, he wasn't available for five months and they said you can go with someone else now or you can wait and I chose to wait and it was the right move and uh, one of the best decisions I made for the book. That's and huge because so, he's got like, I can see like Frank Quietly and Jeff Darrow, his influences, uh, uh, I love that in the end of issue number one, by the way, you you have some how the sausage is made at the end with some of the uh, the work that you've done and, and the breakdowns in your guys' comments and Giovanni's comments and yours. Like, I love that. Any Anybody out there listening this, get Eclipse number one. And if you like those little nuggets at the end, it's like a, you get like a director's cut, which I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was actually Giovanni's idea. And um, I'm so glad... I mean, I, I dove in, and we've actually had so much fun doing that. We're going to keep doing it. That's great. Issue 2 has – what are we doing issue 2? Character break. We, we looked at the generation of characters, talked about how we came up with characters. Issue 3, we're exploring the process of coloring. Um, so we are going to continue to – you know, I think being a, a first-time creator, I want to open up the doors and say, hey, look – Come on and take a look at, at the process because um, I'm exploring it for the first time. I don't have anything to hide, and I want everybody else who's thinking about making comic books to see what we're doing. And a lot of people might might see things that they go, what, what the hell are these guys doing? And that's fine, but I am hoping that maybe people will appreciate the book a little more. No, the, the truth um, of the matter... So we had a... 
We had an editor on uh, Betsy Donia, who was also a colorist. She had done Postal. She started with the colors for issue one. She laid out the, the, the color template, if you will. But she ended up uh, parting ways with the company uh, right as issue one was uh, ending. And so Chris Northbrook came on board. Um, you know, he's just been doing stuff for years. I mean, he was a writer. I think he, he won an Eisner. I mean, this guy is a super talented dude. He, uh, his coloring is amazing. He came yeah. on board, picked up where Betsy left off. and uh, Seamless. Two, it, Seamless, by the way. You know, you don't get any of that... Uh... You know that oh hey look this is a whole different no i mean he it it just went along with yeah yeah very yeah. well and, yeah he's he they, they both they both were great and uh uh i got really lucky that he was able to pick up what she had been doing and run with it and he he he's really finding his stride it, it, the colors are killer uh we've got troy uh Petiri, i think is how you say his name um but he's he letters like everything in the industry like, I see him on everything, and he's awesome. He's lettering the book. Um, Top Cow has been great, you know, uh, providing support for the for the book. So it's been, a, it's been an awesome creative team, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's a, it, it gives it really a professional, top-notch look and feel, finished from top to bottom. And I got to tell you, as a reader, that extra at the end, making it feel like a director's cut, you know, like I said, showing how the sausage is made, it honestly just all it really does is omits this just feeling of the love of comics that that you guys have, and uh, I did Thank that. You. That's what I get from it. It's just a positive vibe. And being a creator myself, I'm like, this is really super nice. It's something extra you don't see a lot of. Yeah, I mean, uh, no one can fault Gio and I for not being passionate. We are we, and and Giovanni too. I mean, I'm the kind of guy that I'm looking for the best. And I'm looking for what's right. I'm not this. I'm not interested in phoning it in. And you know, I, I go to every, I, every professional I meet in the process. I approach them and I say, Hey, listen. However much you're willing to put into it, I'm willing to accommodate. And Giovanni basically stepped up and said, Hey, whatever you're willing to put in, I'm going to put in. You know, you want to give this cover another round, I'm going to give this cover another round. You want to put another edit on this page, I'm going to put another edit on this page. And I was, I mean, I'm not, uh, thank you so much. So, uh, you know, Giovanni has stepped up to match me, passion for passion. Uh, he often calls the, calls Eclipse his children or his child. So, I mean. Um, now you can he, see his extra love in the work. You can, I mean, I, I looked at some of his past stuff, but this is something else. Like, yeah, yeah. I, he's really, he's moved it forward. He's feeling very passionate about it. You can just see it in his lines. Like it's, yeah. it's just ridiculous. That, that one shot you have and i want to say it's in one whereas you're just establishing a long shot of the layout of the, of the world uh, before they actually get everyone to go underground because the sun's coming up yeah there's just a lot of little little finite lining and uh, just uh, exploration of the world you're laying out there that's beautiful like you know what's funny uh so that i mean this is that panel that page page one this is the first page that i've ever sat down to write as a comic book writer you know i mean i've written pitches before and i've conceived of what scripts are going to be but when i got to go ahead and do eclipse i sit down to write issue one this is the first page and so this is also our first glimpse into the world so i poured so much detail into you what page one is I'm, I'm writing what's going to be on the billboards what various people might be doing the fact that we're not seeing any cars unless they're converted the fact that we might see a horse we might see a vegetable stand like all of these things i'm just pouring it it was an immense amount of description and it would have been very easy for giovanni to come along and be like crowd shot city got it thank you very much <laughs> i don't need all this stuff but no 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 this guy goes okay i'm gonna spend the time and detail and i mean one thing i love is when people take a look at the cover and they're intrigued and they go to open it the first page they see it is that panel one where the detail is just crazy it's, it's crazy. like i said it's when it's, it's like that thing, i'm like oh my god it's so many yeah. lines it's very like i said frank quietly styles what it immediately reminds me of just a grazillion yeah. lines and uh there's a lot of like finite storytelling going on in that panel, folks. So look at it a lot. It's yeah, it's great. <laughs> There's another crowd shot in the underground. I think oh yeah. Page eight. That's a great one where you see all these different people. And so he loves the crowd, the crowd scenes, and and the landscapes. Uh, he he kills. 
But then he kills, then he, then he goes over and like there's some close-ups of faces. And he like just, he does a good job with that too. So, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, some of the work like he did on Rose and even the uh, the positioning that I, I I just like the way he's looking at her because she he's sort of in this like looking he's standing up above her and kind of looking down yeah. upon her and it just gives you this like little sense of that she's you know kind of vulnerable and uh, you know that she's yeah. kind of looking up to him and it just says a ton right there and them first meeting each other and you sort of know that you know this this isn't going to be a, a, a short term meeting of folks and then you know there's going to be more there. Right, right. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's been a lot of fun to, to collaborate with him. I mean, we're both uh, pouring our soul into it, asking lots of questions. How can you know? How can make this better and everything? So it's been great. And then you yeah. guys, how did how did you roll into this uh, this this art contest? Like Image, so rarely has ever done this. And in ten or eleven years, I've maybe seen a handful of sort of unique little contests like like this. Like how did how did it come about? And then tell us a little bit about it for all the listeners. I mean, it's pretty basic. Um, I, I, I came up with the idea. I just thought... <laughs> and they went with it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 uh, that's Top Cow. Top Cow is... is it, listen, Top Cow's told me no to some ideas too, but um, if it's a cool idea and they like it, they'll go for it. And um, you know, I said, I don't know. I was... This was my break, and... I was interested in the idea of helping artists get exposure. And so I thought, and also I'm interested to see artists get a chance to interpret the world of Eclipse. And I don't know, you know, like I, I, when I go to the comic book store and I see variant covers for like, you know, book, Anything, and then, yeah. then someone has taken, you know, one person's story and then they reinterpret it and you see, the characters from Deadly Class done in a whole different style. And you're like, oh, that's so cool that an artist reinterpreted that. I kind of wanted that for Eclipse. I said, I wonder what an artist would come in and reinterpret um, this. And, you know, Giovanni wants to do all the covers. I wanted him to do all the covers, at least for now. He's, he's, he's got control of the covers. So we didn't want to do a variant cover that wasn't Gio. So it was like, well, what can I do? And I was like, well, I'll do a contest. I'll let people draw clips, and I didn't care if it was the characters, the world. I wanted the people, an artist, to have the freedom to come in and draw whatever they were feeling, and and let's put it in the book. Let's put it in like I can't put it in like you know page twelve in the middle of the story, <laughs> but let's put it in the back of the book and let everybody who's buying the book see it. So so yeah, that's just cool and that's fun and that's a testament to your kind of giving back. Like that's just great that you're embracing that and wanting to see more and, and artists to, to come out and develop and that's great, man. That's yeah, really cool. I, I, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it and we've got some entries which are pretty cool. I think probably um, we'll get a lot more as we get closer because if I know artists, they'll uh, they'll read the books, they'll, they'll sit on an idea and then the last three days they'll crank something out and send it in so nice. uh, i think it's november 15th so you'll have you'll, the uh, the artists will have issue one through three to check out and explore and uh and uh yeah i'm excited and listen if it goes well i mean uh i would love to continue to do this kind of thing for sure Nice. You might see, uh, hey, you know, a little plug. You might see the artist of Zombie Destroyers, Jordan hey, Hudson. Hang on. <laughs> I was, yeah, you on. might see it, Jordan Hudson. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, he's the artist doing uh, the Zombie oh, Destroyers he's the comic. Oh, yeah. I thought you were you. Oh, so yeah. I cool. told him yeah. immediately. I said, "Hey, do this, man, and read your comic." So he uh, said he's going to yeah, do both. For sure, for sure. And any other artist out there, you you should do this. I mean. Uh, look, this is not just me saying it. This book is hot. This book <laughs> sold out in a week. I mean, I'm, that's, I'm it's not like the sun. Just it's just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that just happened. And, uh, I was like, what? Holy <laughs> crap. That's amazing. So yeah. It's nice you guys are giving a little, giving little prizes too. Like you actually threw in a little something. That's kind of cool. Like these, you know, oh, these, yeah. these artists are hundred bucks. These guys yeah, are living on ramen, and, <laughs> and there's uh, some signed copies of the issues. Uh, That's so yeah, cool. You know, just in case an artist, it, for me, all I would personally need was is to be published in an image book. That would be enough for me. But uh, Heck yeah. need a little more, 
that's just hundred bucks and some signed copies. That's just here. some whipped cream and a cherry on top. I mean, that's just yeah. this is great. <laughs> that's right. That's so very cool. Well, check you guys got to look at that. Go to your your site zackcaps.com, Correct. Yeah, Z A C K K A P S. All the contest information's on there, and uh, yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I've uh, read number two. Thank you so much for sending me an advanced copy. And I could just tell you that every single week I read comics and I pick a top ten. And Eclipse number two is in my top ten this week. I'm going to do awesome. a spoiler-free, uh, very friendly review of it. Very simple, synaptic, you know, little little taste for everybody. But you should definitely get it. Where can we find you? Plug yourself. Please give us the whole the whole snapshot. Where are you? <laughs> yep, there's the website, ZachCaps.com. I'm on Twitter, ZachCaps. I'm on Instagram, ZachCaps. I'm on Facebook, uh, official ZachCaps. And, uh, yeah, hit me up. Let me know what you think about the book. Uh, let me know if you got questions. Uh, yeah, whatever. If you're, uh, if you're a first-time blogger and you, uh, you have 10 followers and you covered the book, Shoot me a Twitter. I will repost you. I mean, uh, I am uh, uh, very accessible in the social media landscape. Oh, very cool. And, um, yeah, and check out the book. Uh, uh, so, yeah, issue two comes out this uh, Wednesday, October yes. 5th. And then the second printing, if you are one of the poor, unfortunate souls who went to a comic book store and number one was sold out, um, it, number one's second printing comes out uh, October 12th. It's a whole new cover. So if you're a collector, that's cool. We nice. didn't want to just slap on second printing. We wanted to do a new cover. So uh, can you give us yeah. a little? Can you give us a little smidge of what Giovanni did for the cover on the reprint? Actually, uh, it's out there in the uh, in the internet. And oh, okay. Actually, it's it's an interesting collaboration thing. So uh, it's 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 a panel from issue one. Um, and Chris Northrup had taken this panel and recolored it to, and kind of played around with it and added some elements and created this really awesome piece. And it's, uh, and it's Bax in his Iceman suit, just looking up at this sun filled sky, feeling very like isolated. And, uh, and it was a poster, uh, that we did, uh, at a convention and we did like, uh, you know, 50, 100 copies of this poster, and then when the second printing happened, we were like, oh, the, the poster, use that poster. <laughs> Do that. Awesome. This is the image. And so uh, and so now it's going to be on the cover. So Sweet. It's, a, it's a great example of Giovanni and Chris just uh, working well together. Well, I'm going to grab it. It's already on my pull list at my local comic book shop, but I'm going to grab that awesome. just to see if uh, – and if, I can already see pictures of that online, so I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, the final uh, announcement, this is going to be an ongoing series. It's uh, probably as yes. Yeah, it's going to uh, Were you in on that? Did no. You know about this? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, so I, I don't know when this is airing, but I imagine by the time this airs, because a, a Monday, CBR ran an exclusive uh, going wide on Monday. Image Comics is announcing this, uh, Eclipse is an ongoing series. That's great. So basically, congrats, uh, fans, man. Yeah, thank you. So people who are getting in on the book, um, they uh, get in because uh, after this year, um, the trade will come out in January, and then starting February, we're not gonna we're not gonna miss a beat. We're gonna keep going. Issue five, issue six, issue six. We'll just keep going. Nice. So, uh, and, and there's a lot of great story to tell. So a lot of great uh, people to burn alive. So, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> nice to just like, like leaves in the wind. Yeah. Hashtag sun kills. So <laughs> a lot of people to burn alive. There you go. Is it in a, for on the writing side of things, is, is it structurally a, a, you know, three act and you have an ending or a, at least a, you know, a idea I, I of an ending? I would describe it as, I would describe it as episodic. Okay. Um, you know, at, at the end of issue four, there is a, a clear um, resolution to some things that have been going on, but there's also a ton of questions still unanswered, and um, that will probably be the, 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 the structure as we move forward, that there will be arcs where we, we introduce more conflict, some conflict is resolved, and more questions are, are, are left to continue going. And... Uh, as long as the fans are digging it and there's an appetite, we will keep trying to give them some Eclipse. 
That's great. Congratulations. They, you know, Thank they, you. they don't pick Thank up everything for ongoing folks. So, uh, that's, that's a big deal. That's to, to, to have that fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I'll be in it with you, man. I'll be there. I'll be reading. Thank it. you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this will post tonight, so uh, thank you so much for your time, and I, I really appreciate awesome. it. Then, and then, again, then, then you then you have a little scoop there because if this nice. goes up tonight, uh, then uh, you're you're slightly ahead of the the news tomorrow. So uh, well, thank you awesome. for that. I will I will share it and definitely do what I can to spread the love of Eclipse. Get it, folks. It's fantastic from Image thank Comics, you. and uh, thank you for your graciousness and your time and 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 everything and even just the the extra bits you put into comics at the end it's all it means a lot to me and it's a big deal and and i love that you're giving back and that 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 tells a lot tells me a lot about your character so thank you thank you thank you very much a lot of fun thank you all right zach thank you well there you have it folks pretty cool that he gave us that little exclusive nugget on the future of eclipse which is very very good it's very very rare that you see image pick up as a continual ongoing title of any comic book nowadays so that that says volumes you have to just uh, give props to the team that he was able to assemble. I mean, Giovanni Timpano on art, beautiful work. Betsy Gonia on colorist, which she does some great realistic sort of shading. And the, the coloring is just so kind of washed out to really kind of drive home that point of it being this just the sun is overridden the entire planet. Chris Northrup on the color assists. Uh, Troy Pateri on lettering is a, a total pro. And even Ryan Caddy editing. It, it just all came together in that beautiful synergy that is comics. So what a team Zach has assembled. And with, of course, Boom and Images help. But fantastic, beautiful work. Thank you so much again, Zach, for letting me interview you. It was just fun. Just I want to talk to you again in the near future and pick your brain more on a few things. I only got to about 48.5% of all the questions that I had laid out for him. But uh, it just was what it was. And it was natural. And it was flowing. And... Uh, that just gives me more motivation to have him again on the podcast and give all that information to you. And don't forget, of course, to go check out ZachCaps.com for everything that he is going that's, that's going on in his life, including the art contest. So if you're an artist out there, go to ZachCaps.com or just follow him again at ZachCaps on everything. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. He's all over the place. And uh, check out his stuff and check out that art contest. And thank you so again so much, Zach. Appreciate it. So there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. So tune in very soon for issue number 74 of the Sunspots Comics podcast. It's coming very soon. There's 10 comic books that I picked that I will be reviewing for a new comic book day, September 28th. And, of course, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. And if you have questions or anything uh, you would like for me to relay to Zach or for just anything else, you maybe you want to personalized comic book recommendation, something like that. Just email me, Chris, at Sunspots Comics. So thank you very much. We'll be talking to you soon. And of course, be like water, my friend. Be like water. Bye. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same, for the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow, where love no further friends, the adventure never ends. Somehow, it's Sunspots Comics now.